Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, welcome back. This is part of a series that I named Demands of Discipleship. For some reason, there are people that believe that God really doesn't care what happens after you're saved. That he just kind of, you know, wants you to get in heaven, that's it. That's that's everything. Now, that unfortunately, is being distributed through television and local churches, that idea. And the complication with the idea is it's utterly unbiblical. And the reason I say it's unbiblical is because God has demands upon His people. He has, I'm going to repeat that, because he has demands. That means they're not optional, right? I mean, on his people. And if you think about it, and I've mentioned this before, if you think about it, we, you know, a lot of Christians like to say, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're 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 the new we're the new uh, uh, Israel we're the new Israelites we're we're the new generation we're, you know." The new uh, Jews, you know, spiritual Jews. So they're really, really, really into latching on to that, okay? But when you say, okay, well, you know, when God chose the Jews, he had all these things that he asked them to do. Oh, no, we don't have to do any of that. We're under grace. So in in effect, what they're saying is, you know, God doesn't really care what I do after we get saved. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And that is utterly garbage, that's rubbish. And the reason it is, is because everything in the Bible says different. And these people that love to compare themselves to Israel, you know, say, oh yeah, yeah, we're the good Israel. Oh yeah. Well, you know, he had some requirements for behavior. And you know something? In the Old Testament, when they didn't follow instructions, really bad things happened. Really bad things happen. So, here's kind of the stepping stone. The first step, and and there's a series of things that God demands from us, that, that actually, if you think about it, makes perfect sense. The first thing, that God demands really is trust. Now, yes, trust. Well, what does that mean? Well, look, if you're saying, I believe, you know, I believe what God has to say, that's trust. And if you think about it, people, you know, 
look at trust like it's some foreign object, but it's really not because we do that every day. You you sit in a chair because you trust that chair is going to not throw you on the floor. You trust the stairs, the the elevator you get into, the clothes you wear. We trust things. There's confidence there. Why? Because of demonstration. If you put on a jacket and it's warm, then your brain tells you reasonably, put it on again, it's probably going to be warm. And then after you do that so many times, your brain just tells you, hey, that's a warm jacket. So, with God, there has to be trust. And not just salvation. Although that's the big step, see, the first step. That's the tip of the iceberg right there. Because Hebrews, if you look at Hebrews 11.6, says this, and it says, quote, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. End quote. Now, so let's, you know, if you look at that, faith is trust. I mean, the, in some ways you can just, you know, just swap those two words out for each other. Because trust in God means and as the verse says, that they whoever believe you know, if you would trust in God, must believe that He exists. Well, why would you trust somebody that doesn't exist? So what what do you so what are we saying? Well, you're trusting the Word. You're trusting the Bible. You're trusting that the Bible is true. It is correct. And there's a, a hundred reasons I could tell you why, but. If you have doubt, and by the way, doubt is not um, sinful unless you entertain it and pet it like a pet, all right? Because sometimes we have to have a little bit of doubt so we can test that our what you know how strong our faith is. There are times that is necessary. Faith is a muscle. Just, just you know, your spirit has muscle. And that's one of them. And if you don't exercise that and put a little resistance on it sometimes, it doesn't get stronger. And God can handle doubt. But here's the thing. It's, it's interesting to note. Christians, from the very beginning, started theology training, started questioning everything. Because we were Greek. The church, later, you know, around the the uh, 7th to 10th century, when, when, when the church turned from Jewish to predominantly Gentile, you know, everybody went Greek. And when that happened, then everybody started analyzing the ever-loving pejebers out of stuff. And they wanted to question everything. Well, you know, okay, questions are great. That's how we learn. You know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But, but 
but too much can be too much. So here's here's the thing. In the Bible, if you'll notice, especially in the Old Testament, they never question if God exists. It is a given. Jews, in their theology, didn't have to get to that point until the Middle Ages. Gentiles started that thing just right up, almost right after the church started. Gentile church, just analyzing the ever-living, you know, glory at everything. So here's the thing. Trust. You have to trust God after, before, during, and after salvation. Before salvation, you trust God for salvation. But after that, it's an exercise of faith every day. Because, look, the second half of that Hebrews 6 verse is this, and that he rewards those who seek him. He rewards those who seek him. That's huge. God is a rewarder of his people. He wants to see you successful. Not just with money. Wants to see you happy in your life. In every stage of your life. He wants to see you joyful as much as possible. As much as we'll let him. Now, let me throw this at you. Trust is important, especially... If you have a failure, and I'm going to say this, a failure does not make you a failure. Failure does not make failures. To fail is not just turning you into something like that. I like this saying those who never fail never try and those who never try never win I like that we're human God knows that that's why he gave us first John 1 9 so we confess our sins to him he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness And we're supposed to repent. In other words, don't make the same mistake over and over and over and over again. Now, you might be thinking, well, okay, if I had this problem with a sin, and most most people have a sin, if, if not more than one, that plagues them, that they struggle with. And that's not unusual. Look through the Old Testament. I mean, you know, and even the New Testament. Good grief. Uh, Peter had issues, you know? And then you're thinking, well, you know what? I keep God, you know, you keep asking God's forgiveness. Is he going to keep forgiving you? Well, that's back to trust. Yes, he will. But here's the problem sin delays God's will for your life. Doesn't eliminate it. You belong to God. You belong to God. But God can't work with you if you are continually in and out of a state of sin. 
Because usually what ends up happening with, with a sin issue is God disciplines you for the sin. That doesn't mean he, you know, you do one thing like take a candy bar and all of a sudden, you know, a big mallet hits you in the head and crushes you to the floor. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is, is that if God chasten, God disciplines, it says chastens in, in uh, the King James, but disciplines, which is punishment, and it's not meant to be punishment, spiteful punishment. It's not God getting all happy and jolly, making you miserable. That's not the thing. He's trying to teach you something. And if you're really hard to teach, that can be a problem. Because then he's got to do it a lot. And God's very patient. But the thing is, you don't want to stay in under punishment, under that discipline. Uh, because usually discipline happens and then it's gone. And then you move on. And God can move on with His will in your life, which includes your success. But if you stay in that state of always being in discipline, right, for a sin of some kind, that's a complication. So here's the thing. God gives us room to make mistakes. Please learn from them. And try not to make them again. That's how we improve. Spiritually, just like life. Spiritual life and real life are not so different. Not so much. In real life, you want muscles to grow, you grab some type of resistance. Weight. Something. And you and you you pull against it, and it and it and oddly enough, this and your muscle has little tears that happen inside of it, little micro tears that end up healing, and it's a little traumatic. So this is not a fun situation sometimes, right? Well, the same thing happens with faith. Doubt comes and gives you little micro tears in in in, in your faith. But it's because it's building back. The Spirit of God doesn't leave you. And He builds that back stronger. Now, trust, though. You have to trust. Trust is, uh, is the first step. Because if you don't have that, you can't advance. You can't go beyond. So, with that in mind, I want to always encourage you to keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.